Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. No, 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 no. I was going to say something really funny, but I've decided not to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Um, I've got a story to tell, but I'm going to save it to later just because I think it's not going to be for everybody. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. There's some quite intense bodily stuff in it. Right, so, yeah. Uh, so I just want to, you know, if, if you do enjoy that kind of thing, keep listening, uh, and we'll do it sort of towards the end of the podcast. If not, we'll get going as usual. Because I, I think a lot of people just sort of drop off. Yeah. By which I mean either t- t- turn off the podcast after a while mm. or literally drop off yeah, to yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so chances are you'll, you'll never hear it anyway. Um, there's a couple of things to start with that have happened to me this week. Firstly, I just wanted to talk about going from feeling like a hero to feeling shame in i think the the the, the quickest amount of time the shortest amount of okay. time that that's ever happened to me okay. so i was on the london underground the other day i got off at the station uh, i'm walking towards the stairs and i can see a few people ahead of me is a dad with a pram okay and and nobody is helping him right now you know, when when I'm out with the pram, I think I have like this pleading look on my face where people feel obliged to help me. Okay, um, but I thought, oh, I'm going to be a real hero here. Nobody's helping. I'm going to go up from behind. I'm going to say, "You want a hand with that, mate?" I'd say, "I don't usually say mate." <laughs> no, no. But have you yeah. ever heard me say mate no, before? E- not no, ever, no, no. Uh, but you know, this is the way that men are expected to interact with each other, mm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, and then then I'll grab the front of the, or the back of the pram. I've got no. Have you got any sense of which is easier to lift? Oh, I think definitely it's easier to be at the back. Interesting, definitely interesting. Because I always try and sort of second guess which the easiest is, yeah, and still one. end up finding it hard. Right, <laughs> right so neither. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm walking fast and pushing past a few people to get behind him and say, "Excuse oh. me, can you give your hand with that, mate." Yeah, mate. And guess what happens? What? He just picks it up. By himself, yeah. just carries it um, And in that moment, I went from thinking I'm going to be the real hero here to oh. thinking, oh, God, it's not normal that I'm walking around the world asking people to help me with the pram. Most men are strong enough to just lift one of these things themselves. I quite often do it on my own, to be honest. So I'm, really, I'm really sorry to have to tell you. Maybe your buggy's particularly heavy. I'm just... Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm such a weakling. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, and then the other thing, so, so I then left the tube station. Mm. And I have to get a bus from my house to the tube station. And I noticed that the bus was coming down the road. So 
I decided I'm, I'm going to have to run. Okay. Now, I'm not one of life's runners. I don't enjoy it. It's no. the most exercise I, I ever get, but that's the decision I get. So I start run, legging it down the pavement. Mm. As I'm doing so, a man walking towards me mm. who either looks like he's imbibed various substances from the buffet of psychedelic and mind-altering substances that the, the the world has to offer okay or he's unwell in some way okay start shouting to me watch the cat watch the cat sir sir watch the cat mm. so i look down mm. and there's no cat right so he's clearly hallucinating a cat okay near my feet mm. but out of politeness i stop running oh, go, oh sorry <laughs> And end up missing my bus. Sit down and pet it. <laughs> Go and get it a saucer of milk. <laughs> what is Why wrong did with you me? Do that? Because I didn't want to offend him by running into his imaginary hallucinated cat. <laughs> oh, it's just too nice. <laughs> adrift. Adrifting. Adrifter. Naughty. Adrift. Share your stories with us, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Which Nina has. And Nina has got an accolade. Mm. I think she might be our first two week in a rower. So Nina from last week was a fertility clinic lady. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, see you next Tuesday and the uh, um, start from scratch, remember? Yes, well. Well, if Nina can make it three in a row, she can send oh. us one for next week. We can give her our own slot. <laughs> We can just sit back a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think she's going to like this accolade because she starts her email with, OK, first I must explain that I'm not being cocky because you read out my story last week. I am really chuffed that you did, like a nine-year-old getting a happy birthday on going live. Even though it was transient fame for my inadequacies, I'm still ridiculously chuffed. Having it read out obviously created more inadequacy and was probably worse than being ignored. It wasn't funny enough, well-written enough, <laughs> drifter enough. You both hate me for something I did or didn't say. Everyone inexplicably hates me for drawing any attention to myself, <laughs> that kind of thing. Anyway, as I said initially, it was setting a profile and testing the waters. And when you mentioned intimate adult objects, I thought maybe the gods were smiling on me to tell you the real story. The most hideously memorable highlight of my drifter life. One kept inside for many years and 102 episodes. Here goes. This contains adult content. Okay. I lived alone in a one-bedroom flat in my 20s. If you were optimistic, you could call it a bachelorette pad. If you're honest, you would say it was like a baby's playpen for an adult who avoided company. Toasting. So can I just ask, why does bachelorette pad and spinster pad have a different connotation? Oh, very much so, don't yeah, they? Yeah. So different. Toast in the bedroom, knickers in the kitchen, a living room floor that looked like a tabletop. Suffice to say, it was my space and bore no resemblance or followed any of the rules of respectable adult living. I had few friends and definitely none I would ask around. If the doorbell ran unexpectedly, I didn't answer it. Obviously, I was happy as a pig in something. One dreary Sunday, after, Sunday evening, I put a load of washing in the machine and settled down in the lounge with my adult rabbit intimate toy to have a bit of escape from impending Monday. I gradually became aware of smoke escaping from my washing machine as it hit tumble dryer mode. In drifter style, I pretended it might not be happening and would sort itself out. But when flames started coming out of the drawer, I reluctantly admitted I might have to act. Despite there being a fire extinguisher just outside the front door and 999 at the ready, I called my mum. She's not a fireman or trained or on the premises, but that didn't sway me. She suggested I call 999 after I'd apologised for bothering her and finally got to the point of the call. I called 999 and left the flat to go and stand outside next to the fire extinguishers. <laughs> the firemen arrived promptly and then so did my stepdad. 
And whilst they did their thing, using a fire extinguisher, I became hysterically tearful at the drama of it all. After two minutes, a blonde, blue-eyed fireman came down, all caring and thoughtful, just to chat with me about fire safety. He leant forward and asked if I was okay. And I said, So, you're going to take your clothes off then? (laughs) I can barely (laughs) face writing that. The temptation to lead is so strong, but the fact I said it will always be there. I'm sure he's heard similar, worse, please God, in the stress and relief of a situation. And he took it very nicely. This was, this was before hashtag me too. <laughs> what really gets me is I think I thought I was actually being funny, that it was a nice laugh to detract from my abilities to use a fire extinguisher and not to get hysterical and covered in snot, half dressed in the face of a tiny crisis. He told me to always call 999 if in doubt. I went back upstairs to remove the offending machine from my playpen. My stepdad and the rest of the men surveyed the whole flat whilst I stood there like a pathetic child waiting for them to go. When they did, I looked at the charred kitchen and turned to survey the lounge, where my intimate adult rabbit toy lay bang in the centre of the carpet, impossible to miss, obviously seen by everyone and tactfully ignored. To this day, I keep my eye to the ground and my face averted whenever a fire engine goes past. <laughs> oh, that's great. Anything about I can never look at or I can never go in or anything ever again, like anything yes. like that. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, after a bad interaction, Mm-mm. can you not ever interact with a game? Where can't you show your face again? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And this is a very quick one from Lieutenant Colonel Colin. I listen with horror to Jeff's humiliating story about how beer mat got stuck to his drink when he lifted it up. Stop it. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I it know. was so embarrassing. It's been brought up again. And it reminded me of an incident at work last year, which I must have shut from my mind until now. One day, I've been talking to a colleague on an open plan floor. And as I was walking out, I tried to pull the door open. It was a push door and it banged slightly. (gasps) Just like Jeff's incident, this was amateurish. And it's a wonder I didn't leave the business and never return. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. And this last one is from High Steward Darren. I'm attending a conference today. Oh, God. I'm attending a conference today. Specifically, there we go for the entrepreneurial startup community. Have fun saying that sentence, Annabelle. (laughs) Thanks, I did. (laughs) As a session was about to start, I was sitting next to two empty chairs. A young woman sat down next to me and then saw her friend a few rows up, also with an empty chair and an empty seat next to her. They started gesturing to each other about whether the friend should come and sit in our row or the woman should sit next to me or the woman sat next to me should go in her friend's row. Observing this interaction, I chuckled and jokingly said, my place or yours. Of course, the woman next to me thought I was talking about her decision to sit next to me and said, oh, no, I chose this chair because it had an empty chair next to it for my friend. So I then spent the next half an hour sitting next to someone who thought I was blatantly hitting on her. I expect at the end of the day I'll be approached by a conference organiser about their harassment policies. (laughs) Please uh, send us your story of uh, social ineptitude. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. Annabelle, time for another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. Part 33. Playing it cool. So I was on holiday in Sardinia for a week last month. It was me, my boyfriend and my nearly two-year-old son. And we were at the beach one morning when right by us, they started setting up for a wedding ceremony. The first sign was chairs being put out with big ribbons on them. 
And it's not a wedding unless there's a ribbon on the chair, right? Like it's a lavish gift and not, not just a chair. <laughs> then up went the flower-covered arch. I'm not sure arch is the right word. What is the right word? I don't know. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I do you? know what you mean. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as I knew it was a wedding, I was obsessing over what time it would be and whether we'd still be there as we had to go back to our room at some point for my son's nap. And even though I'm not even really massively interested in going to the wedding ceremonies of people I know, it became this big obsession. <laughs> What I was obsessing about the most was how can I ogle at this wedding without anyone there knowing that I'm ogling? Because I don't want anyone to know that I'm interested. That to me is mortifying that I (laughs) care about a total stranger's wedding ceremony. So we have to leave at midday for lunch and the nap. But it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. So I'm okay with that. I don't make a stay. Because I figure that probably beach weddings are a late afternoon affair, you know, when it's less hot. So we go back to the room and the moment my son wakes up, we're back there again straight away. But a respectable distance, obviously. And I've got my plan in place. I wear sunglasses and sit facing the sea, but look out the corner of my eye. But what's amazing is that as soon as it starts happening or looks like it's going to happen soon, loads of Italians who've been on the beach like me, they move their towels and their beach chairs to right in front of the wedding. Like they're about to watch the last ever Game of Thrones and want to be in the front row. (laughs) Unbelievable. Like no shame at all. They're just set up like it's a cinema or the theatre, but they're all in bikinis and swimming trunks. And they totally ogle. And my boyfriend, as soon as the bride arrives, says, oh, I'm going to go and have a proper look. And he goes right up there and just stands, stands they're on the edge and watches well I make my eyes hurt with sideways looking from several metres away but I can't have these total strangers and I'm interested it's pathetic I'm totally the same if I'm in central London and I see any filming being done on the street when I used to work when we both did right by Carnaby Street you see filming happening there all, all the, time, the time don't yeah. you and every fibre of my being would be desperately interested <laughs> in what they were filming and whether it involved a celebrity but I would not let myself look in their direction because I didn't want to look like I was being an amateur Londoner <laughs> like I was interested like I see this thing all the time this is so boring to me I'm utterly fascinated like, and think of all those things I missed out on like stuff like maybe Ryland talking to a passerby with a microphone <laughs> but you know what Jeff it's a fool who plays it cool by making his world a little colder that's right do, do you recognise that quote <laughs> but I have to say I do think people have got a bit too warm for my liking anyway so I, I might just stay as I am this is your favourite programme Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port any, uh, any uptick in badge sales this week yep doing well yep very happy yep <laughs> Yeah, no, no, all, all, all ticking along nicely. Thanks very much. Yeah. Get them before they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. Adriftpod.bigcartel.com. I've memorised it. Good, yeah, because it was, it was getting a little embarrassing. It was, wasn't it? Um, we should give Patreon a big plug. You will have heard us talk about this. It's a page where you can support the podcast. If you enjoy listening to it every week, then we just ask if you've got a bit of spare change that you could pledge every month if it is just like the equivalent of one or two american dollars it's in dollars for some reason yeah. a month but it helps us keep the podcast going you know it makes it worth our time you know uh so yeah pledge on patreon recently uh, we put up the live show that the only to date adrift live show you can hear that on patreon the next thing we're going to do is this tour of snaresbrook yeah yeah we should do that quite soon i think yeah so i mean we have been talking about it for a slightly embarrassing amount of time. Yeah, that's now, why but... I'm hurrying it along a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's sort of down to you and your lover, Tom, isn't it? Because mm. Tom is a cameraman. Yeah, he's going to film, and uh, he he's going to uh, he's going to film direct. Uh, he's going to be the director of photographer. Oh. He's going to do the sound. He's going to edit it. Mm. He's going to produce it. I don't think he knows any of this. I think he just thought he was going to film it. Well, who does he think's going to edit it? 
I would. You know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? I had? <laughs> of course, I don't. So, as you've been moving uh, in your life through your neighbourhood of Snaresbrook, mm. have you been like in, in effect doing a recce? Have you been? Yeah, yeah. I've got it. I've got it all planned in my head. I know what's going to happen. I've, I mean, and have I got some stories for you? And the pinnacle. It's not a story. It's a sight, and your mind is going to be blown this is great it's amazing i came to see you recently mm. and we went to a local park mm. and i had to go and use the public lavatory yeah um and I, I got the impression from using it it's a public lavatory that most people they give it a wide berth okay i, never I think people there. are there's a certain type of person using it and you know if you're not that type of person you're probably only using it in extremis okay it it wasn't um it wasn't well maintained okay. there was also some graffiti on the back of the door which was not only the most disgusting and filthy graffiti i've seen in my life but also it was mystified. There was an element. Here's the trouble. I feel there's almost no point in talking about it because it was so filthy. I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast. Mm, mm, mm. It was like I, I'm a broad minded adult. Yeah, yeah. And I. Uh, uh, Is it the worst thing you've ever read on a wall? Yeah, yeah, by far. Wow. By far. Yeah. To the extent that I took a photograph of it and I showed it to you afterwards, mm. and your mind was kind of poisoned yeah, by it yeah. and i was so sort of fascinated by what had been written that had taken this photograph but I, c- I could only really talk about it with maybe two people because most people i know it's not like i know a bunch of sort of uh prudish no no nuns no no but it, it was so disgusting that most people just you know, would probably defriend me, unfriend me. It is bad. For bringing it up. It was really bad. So is that going to be in the film or not? <laughs> I don't know. I think seeing, seeing the way you've spoken about it, I think probably won't put it in there. But we could do a special like XXXXX edition for people who are deviant enough to want to know what it says. <laughs> and I'll know who you are because you'll be the one that downloads it. Here's the thing about it. I think like if you read this, it's it's one of those things where you you, you remember your life before you saw you divide your life into before you saw this piece of graffiti and afterwards right yeah you know mm. um and i say piece of graffiti which conjures up an image of street art it's just some writing it's just some writing yeah yeah, yeah. but i really thought it's quite retro as well because people people tend not to just write things on the back of doors anymore do they mm, mm, mm. so i quite enjoyed that element of it would have enjoyed to have seen a Chad, you know, the little guy looking over a wall, or when saying on one, what no. On one side it says, look on the other side, and then there's, oh, and, and you look on the other side, and you like your head, look, head, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, well, ex- well explained. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, really yeah. well explained. I'm glad you knew what I meant. Yeah. No one else really. <laughs> oh. um, I'll tell you what you don't see much either these days, is like people writing, if you want sex, then ring this number. Oh, yeah, and it's like someone they don't like anymore's yeah, number. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a shame. Yeah, <laughs> I think probably in the internet age, I think that sort of thing's died out a little bit. Perhaps so they don't yeah. need to write it on walls Perhaps so much. So, yeah. Yeah. so um, uh, that aside, the tour of Snaresbrook. Mm. So, I mean, when have you got availability? I have to be honest; I've not got much going on in my life between now and death. Okay, well, let's do it on a Friday. Um, maybe Friday soon. <laughs> I don't know, I need to check with Tom. He's very busy at the moment, oh, you see. God. Do you know what this is really getting people thinking? Mm. I'd better sign up for Patreon, <laughs> quick. Got the live show to be going on with. And then, yeah, in the next few weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll check with Tom. Okay. Uh, it is uh, um, uh, patreon.com stroke adrift. <laughs>
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Adrift. All right, I'm going to tell this horrible story now. Okay, right. I have some health stuff going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the first time it's happened. Uh, If you've been listening to podcasts for a while, you might remember there was an incident, I think about 18 months ago, where I'd been to the loo and I'd noticed a couple of droplets of blood on the end of my... I'm going to say todger. (laughs) Okay. Do you not think it's about time that word made a comeback? I think absolutely. I was very happy to hear it. What decade would you put it 70s. in? 70s. Yeah, it's very yeah. 70s yeah. word, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and because and, uh, I remember talking about it on the podcast at the time because I went to the doctor and she she told me it was a urinary tract infection and then said that I had a fantastically healthy looking penis. Todger. But that's what she said. Oh, okay. She didn't Using say Todger. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. It's a medical, Todger isn't a medical term, Annabelle. No, you're right. It no. should be. No, no, it should be. But it isn't. Yeah, okay. And um, it really helped with my self-esteem. because Did she really say that? It, uh, I, I, I think those were the exact words. Uh, people who've memorised It's a weird it. thing to say. I thought it was, it really made me fantastically healthy looking, she said. Healthy looking. But, okay. but to use that adjective fantastically yeah, yeah. really made me feel good about myself despite the fact that I'd got a burning so- <laughs> sensation whilst peeing. And-, and Can I just check something? Mm. That did definitely happen. That de- yes. Yeah, it definitely yeah. happened. Okay. No, really, that's great. I'm not the type to make... No, no, I'm not saying you made it up, but maybe you dreamt it. <laughs> well, no. I didn't dream it because no. it was this whole sort of situation where my wife thought I was dying, you know... No, not that a- bit, what she said. I didn't... Not the whole thing, yeah. No, no, that okay. happened. That happened. Okay. That happened. Lovely. So... Fast forward to about six weeks ago, and I got a bit poorly, and there was a similar thing. There was a little bit of todger bleeding. Just just a little bit. Ooh, mm-hmm. ah, just a little bit. Okay. Not okay. ooh, ah, just a little bit more. No. Just ooh, ah, just a little bit. Okay. Uh, I went to the doctor, and uh, they, they said, oh, it's probably a UTI again. And... I won't get into the weeds of that. There was a bit more of that story, but we'll just park that. I don't okay. think it's important. Okay. Uh, what is important is I got back off holiday a week and a bit ago, went to the loo, looked down the toilet. And it was like somebody had poured a little test tube of blood into the toilet. So I thought, okay, I need to ring the NHS again. Rang the number. They said, you need to go see someone straight away. Long story short, too late. I ended up going to hospital as an outpatient last week. To have a uh, an, an investigative prosti- procedure. Mm, mm. Okay, yeah. My wife came with me. Mm-hmm. There was quite a lot of waiting due to a slight mix-up. Yeah. Uh, when the time came, they brought a gown through yeah. and said, you're going to be the next one on. Can you put the gown on? You can uh, stay clothed on top. We just need you uh, strip naked from the waist downwards. 
Okay. So I put the gown on and I don't know if they'd looked at me and misjudged my size or something had happened. But when I put the gown on, it didn't quite meet at the back. Okay. Okay. It was a treat for my wife, as you can, <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah, it's like chaps. It's very yeah. much so, yeah. But I, I did before I went in, thought, oh, I, I need to go to the toilet and I need to go to the toilet to sit down. <laughs> And actually, that was very easy. And it made me think maybe I should wear a, a gown a bit more in oh, see, real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm panicking because I've been in the loo a while and the doctor's about to see me. So I'd sort of clean up as, as quickly as I can and then then go, go in to see the doctor. And, and basically what they say is we are going to put a camera down your penis. Okay. Tell you what did occur to me. The, the, there was a a euphemism or a, a, a name for that orifice mm. that people used until very recently. Mm-mm. Like in our, that it's unthinkable to think that people were calling it that. I'm not going to say what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone will know. But you think, you think that's yeah, weird that yeah. even as recently as, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, people were just saying that as if it was an okay to th- say yeah. thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm petrified at this point. I have a very low pain threshold. Mm. I, 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 I consider that an orifice where just things go in and not out. It's it's exit only. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, just very, very nervous. So I'm just lay there on the bed. They then put on me a sheet with a tiny hole in it. <laughs> How big's the hole? We mean too big. But okay. that's more a reflection on me than oh, it was I, I, on okay. the hole. Well, it I wasn't think. like a pinprick. It's a hole. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like there used to be rumours that people of certain yes, religions yeah. used to have sex through a sheet. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. you know, I think it's just an urban myth. Right. Um, it, it, it's very much how you imagine that sheet to be. That's okay. that's what you need to yep. picture. Got it. Um, so I'm lay there with just my todger flopping out through this little hole. I have to say, it's not, you know, they say, you know, the difference between cooking at home and when you get food in a restaurant is often the presentation. <laughs> This isn't good presentation. This isn't a flattering look. Well, but yeah, I mean, it's not. It would be flattering. D- divorce of its surroundings. Yeah. yeah, my well-maintained bush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it's, right. it's not well-maintained. It's right. No, but that's why. I, that's it's... why I closed my eyes. I thought, no, it's not. I mean, but not that I've seen it. But, but then, if you tight. close your eyes, then aren't you more likely to visualise it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the thicket. <laughs> Move on, move on, move on. Anyway, so so I'm feeling very self-conscious. So self Are you you're lying down? Yeah, and there's my wife is holding hands and I'm just Is thinking, she laughing? Not at this point. No, I mean, no there's a there's a what there I'll be honest. Yeah. What there is is this kind of like a light atmosphere in the room oh, to, okay. to try and you know, to calm me down. Yeah. So she's making some jokes and the doctor's kind of nice and the doctor's got a, a, some kind of healthcare assistant who is very nice as as well. You know, I, I was thinking maybe the four of us could go for a picnic when this is all over. <laughs> right, right. And then as soon as I looked down and saw that little tableau, I thought, no. It's, I never can see these yeah, people ever again. Yeah. yeah. You know, people talk about you know, it's good to keep a bit of mystery in a marriage or a relationship. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, th- I thought that it was far too late already, Mm-mm. but this was the thing that confirmed that for okay, me. Okay, okay. So there's there's a camera which I can't look at because I don't want to see the size of the thing going down there. So you didn't look at it? No. Okay. No. Uh, which is then wired up to a screen. And they they apply a little bit of gel to numb things. Okay. And then in it goes. And Annabelle, 
I would love to say that I behaved with stoicism, but I didn't at all. Like the first thing I did was start, I go, ah, 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 like that. So I, sque- I was squealing and shrieking. <laughs> Now, what they say in the leaflet they've given us beforehand is you may experience a little discomfort. I knew they were going to use the word discomfort. So what I'm not sure of, if most people have high enough pain thresholds that they just experience a little bit of discomfort and Mm. I'm just being a complete wuss, Mm. or they don't want you to know how painful it is. When you're in the waiting room, could you hear any noises? No, but I'm pretty sure the people in the waiting room could hear noises. Okay. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. From me. Yeah. Like yeah. no one can make eye contact when I lost, <laughs> when I left there. Oh God, you must have put the fear of God into the people getting next. So I'm, 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 I'm squealing. At one point, the doctor says to me, you know, this isn't as bad as childbirth. Oh, that's not fair. I know. That's but, not fair. And then sort of gave a conspiratorial look y- to my wife. I bet, yeah. Oh. I'm going, please just stop it now. Please, that's enough now. We We can stop now. We can stop now. She's ignoring me. She's saying to my wife, oh, do you want to look on the screen? So my wife's looking at the inside of my bladder on a screen. Wow. Pretty soon she's saying, well, the good news is, you know, there's no bladder cancer in there, which was the thing I was uh, sort of worried about, I uh, I guess. My wife said to me, interestingly, that the inside of a bladder looks like a shaved scrotum. (laughs) Don't know how she knows what a shaved scrotum looks like. That isn't what she's learned in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. but and then she says you're gonna you're gonna feel like you're gonna want to pee and then the second she says it it's the most intense feeling of wanting to urinate that I've had in my life and go ah ah and then she takes the the camera out she's saying okay what I'd like to do is just examine your prostate now and, and, what and I'm I say oh absolutely not because I feel like a bit invaded it hurts down there and then the weirdest thing happens to my body out of nowhere I go incredibly hot. And drenched in sweat, like mm. dre- and I'm not a big, I'm not a sweaty guy. Mm. For all my failings <laughs> and, and sweatiness is a failing. Mm. That's not, <laughs> that's not one of mine. And then I think I'm going to throw up. So I say, oh, I'm sorry, I think I'm going to throw up. The doctor gets one of those little cardboard things we throw up into. Mm. The detail I've not mentioned at this stage is my wife is severely. Oh, yes. Emetophobic. Now, emetophobia is fear of vomit. So she is most nights when we go to bed, like or three nights a week, maybe she'll sit there and go, do you think I'm going to vomit? I say, no, I think you're okay. She's got like spirals and spirals, but it's not just about herself vomiting. If she sees somebody bend over to tie their shoelace on the street, she bolts to the other side of the road because she thinks they're going to vomit. She's got an extreme, mm. any vomiting scene in a film, she freaks out. She, If she's ever seen a film, even if it was 20 years ago, she'll know if there's a vomiting scene in it. Right. It's very extreme with her. So after... This doctor, after having had me screaming and squealing and saying, stop it, Mm. then my wife bolts out of the room, like runs out of the room into the corridor and slams the door when I say I'm going to throw up. Wow. So then it's sort of awkward and I'm sitting there and I don't throw up as it happens. I just sit there drenched in sweat, cooling down. Eventually, like Sarah sort of timidly opens the door and says, is it okay? So you can come back in. And then this whole thing starts with the doctor where I don't want to have my prostate examined because I feel it's already been invasive enough. The doctor wants to do it, but only if I'll give consent. And then Sarah really wants me to have it done because she is obsessed by my health and thinks I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 50. How do you examine it? I don't know. Finger up the bum. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what it Whoa. is. So eventually I'm browbeaten. I start calming down and cooling down and I'm browbeaten by Sarah enough to think, okay, I'm going to have this done. I'm just going to be brave and have this done. 
At which point I remember oh my God. what I'd done immediately before going in for the examination. This is the worst. So the doctor's saying, so you're going to have it done or you're not? Because this has been dragging on. There are people waiting outside. Oh, my God. And and I say, uh, I have to be honest with you. Oh, you didn't. You yeah. didn't. Oh, you didn't. This is the worst bit of all. Say, so I have to be honest no, with you. No, I almost can't bear to hear this. Say, so, no. I'm not sure how clean it is down there. A lot of me just died. I can't believe you said that. You just have to say nothing and just, and just pretend it's not happening and pretend they never, like, oh, my God. Then what, what did they say? You know, they're professionals. They said, well, you know, we see, see this kind of thing exactly, all the time. Exactly, right. exactly. So uh, I will say that is the worst bit when I said that. That okay. is the low of the story. And that is so bad. But then what happened? So then I have this examination. And again, this is an orifice I consider to be exit only. Yeah. Do you remember years and years ago, I, I went for a colonoscopy? Yeah, yeah. This probably 15 more years at this point. Mm. Do you remember what happened? No. Right, because the same thing happened again. It's the only, it's, uh, people won't believe this, but it's, you know, only one of two times that something's been up there rather than come the other way. Yeah. So she puts finger up. I start giggling hysterically. Yeah. And not like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going, <laughs> You're like a hyena. So, I mean, what the people in that corridor outside oh. were thinking after the shrieks of pain... <laughs> A woman running out in panic <laughs> and then hysterical laughter. Wow. <laughs> they probably just all went home. <laughs> thought, I'm just it's just worked. I just don't want to know what's wrong with me. I'm just going home. Wow. Yeah. So there 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 we go. Quite the story. Yeah. But as I say, no bladder cancer, so every every cloud has its silver lining. Good. This is warm and friendly, and you like it, and that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play, after all, with your thumb. Adrift, with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. Time for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic, although why I think anybody would take any <laughs> advice on anything from me after hearing that little story, I have no idea. But uh, how's it looking this week, Annabelle? First one's from Jerry. I am a painfully awkward undergraduate teenage mess. And I have a question for the GLAP clinic. In September, I began my undergraduate degree in communication, media and culture at Oxford Brooks University. That's why you went to Oxford, wasn't it? Oxford Brooks University. I really love it here. And despite my generally cringeworthy demeanour, I have even made a group of mates. This was all fine and dandy until people at home started to ask where I go to university. Now, here's the issue. People who are close to me, my family and friends, are aware that Oxford Brooks and the other Oxford are separate establishments and are proud of me anyway. On the other hand, other people I don't know so well tend to hear Oxford and jump to conclusions. The surprise and delight people are struck with when they've made the assumption is really awkward for me. And being a drifter, I never find the right moment to correct their mistake and to explain the difference. It's making me feel awful and I need your help to prevent these cases of stolen valour from happening in the future and if there's a way of undoing my previous interactions. Do I make a blacklist of people I can never speak with ever again? Or perhaps appeal to my university to change their name to Not University of Oxford University? Please help, Joey. Well, it used to be called Oxford Poly, didn't it? Oxford Polytechnic, which probably would help with that. But I mean, I I feel that I have nothing to contribute here because this is your lived experience and you just have the answer. Well, it, it... 
it is and it isn't because when I applied to Oxford Brooks, it was a polytechnic. And the first year I was there, it became Oxford Brook University. So I was very comfortable still calling it Oxford Poly, which is what everyone else used to call it. And by the, by the third year, like even by the third year, people were still saying poly. It take, like, like Starburst, it takes a while. What were, oh, Opal Fruit. See, it takes mm-hmm. a while to get used to it. So I feel that I got away with it. But... I did sometimes used to go, I would be the reverse and go, I go to Oxford Brooks University. Right, right. Sometimes I would just do that just to entertain myself. Yeah. So I don't really think I can help. I think the only thing, the other thing I used to do, and I think it's too late to do this, I used to go, Oxford Brooks used to be the poly. But this, this is years ago, 20 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So you can't you, say that anymore. Yeah, people, like a younger person might not even know what a poly is anymore. Exactly. What about this? Oxford Brooks, no, not that one. The other one. Does that help? Ish. I quite like the good-humoured sort of coughing the word Brooks or whatever that you were doing. That's yeah, because funny, because then you're sort of letting them know. I mean, I do think it's very driftery. It's very sort of driftery to say, "Oh, not not that one." You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's I'm another not clever one. enough for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You put yourself down a bit. Yeah, um, it's difficult. I think. <coughs> excuse me. I think you just uh, why don't you correct people if if they get excited? Go. Oh no no no! I don't mean. I don't mean, is that too embarrassing? But I mean, here's, here's the trouble. It adds a layer of complication to an interaction. Mm-hmm. And what all you're ever trying to do as a drifter really is strip back some layers of complication and get, get from the start of the interaction to the end of it as smoothly and as painlessly as possible. Okay, so what you're saying is you say Oxford Brooks as clear as you can. You've done nothing wrong there. If mm. they want to believe that it's the other one, then so be it. I think so. But then what happens if like... They find out and then everyone talks about you behind the back that you've been pretending you went to, oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. I love how you're talking about this to some extent like it's something you can't relate to when it must have happened to you. Well, no, it didn't because it was because I always used to say you were a poly. But even so, so even with sort of like aunties and uncles or your parents, friends and things like. Mm. So still, I think we're at a point in this country where most people haven't been to university Mm. and the world of universities is all a bit mystifying to us. Mm. And you've sort of heard of Oxford and Cambridge and then the others. Mm. Um, And and there's something that makes Oxford and Cambridge seem like separate Mm -hmm. to the others. But, you know, I suppose what I'm getting at is you must have been talking to people who didn't know the world of universities some of the time. Yeah, I suppose I would always make Polly, I'd say Polly, right, and make it right, clear. Right, 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 right. And I, to my knowledge, I don't think I, I ever misled anyone. I don't mm. think anyone ever thought I meant the university. If, if I did, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think maybe just leave and go to another one. Like, Could what about us? Anglia Ruskin? <laughs> There's no confusion at Anglia Ruskin, is there? Like, no one's going, oh, is it Cambridge or Anglia Ruskin? Like, go to Anglia Ruskin. There we go. That's sorted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if you get the word special in there somewhere. Why special? Like a special university. Special doesn't help. No? No, that doesn't help. Okay. No, no. All right. I think we'll settle with my one. Okay. Okay. And this is from Laura. What are the rules around using somebody's nickname when you do not know them well, but you're aware that everybody else... Five years. Five years. (laughs) Five years. ...addresses them with a nickname? For example, a colleague in a large office, you'd never really been introduced, Mm. but the time for introductions has now passed. I expect the right thing to do is just confidently use the nickname. As when I have used the person's actual name instead of convers- in, in, instead in conversation with others, I have observed someone pause whilst they register who I'm talking about. Mm. But I always feel slightly uncomfortable with this over-familiarity yeah. when saying it out loud. Email, of course, is easy. In this case, the nickname is just an altered version, but more than just abbreviated, of their name. But it made me think that this indecision would be worse if the origin of the nickname were not obvious. 
So I'd be grateful for a general rule. Uh, it's a tricky one. Just uh, So I live in a neighbourhood called Stoke Newington. People call it Stokey. Mm. I've, I've lived here five or six years at this point, and there's no way I would feel comfortable using that nickname. Maybe after 20 years. Mm-hmm. And a, so here's, here's part of the problem. If you think, look, I, I, I feel uncomfortable, I don't feel familiar enough with this person to use their nickname. If you then use their actual name... Mm-hmm. You can seem like you're being a bit undermining or teachery in some way, yeah, I think. It's so yeah, hard, so yeah, like hard. if people call me Jeffrey, mm-hmm, it gets yeah. my back up. Mm. Um, and I wonder if it's the same if you're known by a nickname. <sighs> I find I find this impossible. Like one of Tom's friends is is called Milky. I don't even know what his actual name is, but I still feel so uncomfortable. I've known him for like six years. I don't feel comfortable saying hello, Milky. Like I had, I had to say to my son this morning, oh, Milky's here, but I couldn't say it. I went, oh, look who's here. <laughs> I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it. I felt embarrassed. Whereas Tom's like, oh, look, it's Uncle Milky. <laughs> I mean, I think as a rule of thumb, trying to move through life without using people's actual names is something I do more and more often yes. as I get older. You, you know. know what? We've, we've hit on something here. Yeah. yeah just, don't, just don't say the name. Yeah. Because <laughs> my, my neighbour's son... I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name. And I said to my other neighbour, what do you call this boy's name? And he went, oh, I just don't ever say the name. Right, right. So he's got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Easy easy to not use someone's name when you're talking to them, mm. even though, you know, these practitioners of sales techniques and neuro-linguistic mm. programming, they do it every other sentence to manipulate you in some way. But the, the trouble is, I guess, if you're talking about them when they're not there. Mm-mm. And then if you then use the nickname, you, you're like, you worry that people are thinking, who do you think you are, one of the gangs using <laughs> no! the nickname? Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Oh, I don't actually think there's an answer. I think just avoid using the name is the closest we'll get to it. If you have a situation where you're you're sort of struggling a bit to know what the social rules are, then let's see if we can't help you. I don't think this week has been a vintage week for that. But we we we, we and and as ever, if you're listening to this and you're pulling your hair out and going, there's an obvious answer. Mm. Do let us know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you have one of these that you need us to try and solve, or uh, you uh, you you have an answer for either of those this week, then email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you, as ever, for listening. If you have any like-minded friends you think might uh, enjoy the podcast and you would be comfortable having a conversation about it with them, let's be honest, you're not comfortable having a conversation full stop. But, uh, you know, do, do feel free to recommend it. Um, you know, we're always open for more drifters. Has to be the exact right kind of person, though. Mm-mm, yes. I mean, I'm not saying that we'd turn anybody away, but most people have just listened to it and think, what? Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, then, uh, uh, anyway, thank, thank you for your continued patronage and patronage if you are a, uh, one of our Patreon supporters. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made the little eye dance. Uh, Patrick Gunning and Juana Babu plugged it all in. Carla Gowlett took the photos. Kim Rainey designed the artwork. And I'd, I'd like to finish this week by saying... I've got to be honest with you. I'm not sure how clean it is down there. (laughs) Adrift. Adrift.
Podication time. Yeah. This comes from Baroness Rifka. Good name. Who says, Dear Annabelle and Jeff, if I may, I'd like to podicate the episode of the 9th of October to the regal Duchess Laura, who's getting married on the 12th. The Duchess and I are friends for almost 30 years, and a lady never tells her age, but that's three quarters of our lives. One for the uh, arithmeticians listening. Uh, Laura isn't her real name, but I wouldn't want to out her in case her naughtiness and fresh air loving neighbour also listens to your podcast. I'm proud to say that I recommended Adrift to Laura and got her totally hooked. I wouldn't say that we lacked subjects to talk about. Uh, We're the the nightmare of restaurant staff as we always end up chatting (laughs) until closing time. But it is very nice to be able to also share drifter stories apart from all the other life events we've shared over the years. I couldn't be happier for Laura and, let's call him Tim, that they will get married on the 12th. They are two wonderful persons who, both in their own way, have been abandoned by people they should have been loved by. And although their love was never cynical, they started off maybe a little tentatively. To think, you know, you can relate to that, aren't you? And I'd be very closed off as a person, generally. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm no, no. like a Brazilian. <laughs> What? I'm like a Brazilian, like open, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> like very right. expressive. Yeah. Your emotions all out, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, when they literally build walls around them by creating a lovely home and family together, they broke down the cautious walls that may have still stood between them, and now they're heading further into their lovely future together with their fantastic daughters. They already bravely dared to love again, and they will now confirm that by saying their I do's. And they are giving us the gift of sharing that wonderful moment with us. Listen to last week's episode as Annabelle talks about weddings. Mm. For hints on how to get through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dear Duchess, I am honoured that I've been part of your life for so long. I'm happy to be so lucky that you've been part of mine. And I'm very much looking forward to the 12th. All my love, Baroness Rifka. And don't worry, Annabelle, the love is meant for regal duchess laura you get my highest esteem oh thank goodness yeah, i love go. i love highest esteem yeah so there we there we go um well i hope it goes great the wedding mm-hmm. can yeah. i come look at it <laughs> <laughs> i'll just stand on the edge I'd love, for somebody then i'm um, talking about myself here for somebody who dislikes weddings so intensely mm. like I really love looking at a wedding. Yes, it's weird, isn't it? I think I said before, I'd love to be invisible at a wedding. Mm. It's just the talking to the other guests that I dislike so much. Like if you're walking past a town hall and you see... Oh, love it. Oh, my goodness. I can be moved to tears. Yes. Yes. Um, I hope it goes great. I hope there there are some people peeping at it. Yeah, I hope so Some voyeurs just... Peeping from the street in at deck your wedding. chairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rifka, I hope it goes tremendously uh, for for Laura and Tim. Thanks for writing in. And if you'd like a podication, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.